Welcome to Follow the Data. I'm your host, Katherine Oliver. This week, Johns Hopkins University data confirmed that the global coronavirus death toll crossed 1 million. Though we are learning new information about the virus every day, cities are home to 50% of the global population and therefore at the forefront of the COVID-19 crisis. So the Partnership for Healthy Cities, which was created by Bloomberg Philanthropies to prevent non-communicable diseases and injuries in 70 global cities, is stepping up and expanding its support for cities and local leaders during the pandemic. Back in episode 71, How Helsinki, Finland is Responding to COVID-19, we heard from Mayor Jan Vapavuri about how global mayors are tackling COVID-19 interventions. On this episode, Fernando Strafase, the Secretary General and Secretary of Foreign Relations of the City of Buenos Aires, joins Dr. Kelly Henning, head of the Bloomberg Philanthropies Public Health Team. Together, they discuss how Buenos Aires is collaborating with other Latin American cities to coordinate coronavirus response, how the city government is utilizing data from its COVID-19 dashboard, and what's keeping local leaders hopeful now. Secretary General, it's so nice to have you with us today. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the Buenos Aires experience with COVID-19. I know you've been right there on the front lines. Can you talk a little bit about how the crisis has affected residents and what the city government is doing to respond to the COVID pandemic? You know, Buenos Aires has been hit by COVID in a very hard way. Of course, we are down here in the South. We had the opportunity to learn from the experiences of China first and then uh, from European cities. And that, in a way, was an advantage in terms of time, time for preparing ourselves to that. So just to give you a context, by the middle of March, even before we had the first official case in the city, our mayor gave his first press conference announcing that this was going to happen, even before we had the first confirmed case. So he was very honest to, to society. He said that we had to be prepared for a crisis that we haven't experienced before. And we needed to reorganize the government, but also the way society works. On the side of the government, we changed the government is organized and we divided the government in three main areas. One related to crisis management, to dealing with the areas of health and sanitation and the economic areas, the security of the city. Then a second group related to the other activities of the government. And then a third group that from the very beginning of the crisis started to look at how we were going to recover in the future and what was going to be different in the future after COVID. Of course, at that time, it was very early to anticipate how this was going to work and what was going to be the new normality. But we created that group so not to lose the capacity to plan the future, even in the middle of the crisis. And thank you so much for that. It sounds like a very forward-looking plan on the part of Buenos Aires. And, and, and I'm sure many cities would benefit from that, which takes me to my next question. Latin America has overall been a real epicenter for the pandemic across the board. Have you found that you are communicating with other cities in Latin America on the pandemic crisis? And 
Has that been helpful? And what kind of information are you sharing across cities? It's a very, very important question. As I was mentioning before, Latin America had the chance to learn from others. And in that regard, I have to highlight the high level of cooperation among mayors of the world. We in Latin America, Buenos Aires, but other cities like Bogotá, Santiago de Chile, and some others, have the chance to interact with mayors from LA, Berlin, New York City, London, Helsinki. It's very interesting the way the mayors cooperating among themselves, sharing technology, sharing lessons learned, even the lessons from things that didn't work. And I will say that the international cooperation among um, mayors, I will say, was much higher than among countries. The geopolitical cooperation with cities surpasses very much the level of cooperation of countries. And, and probably the most important thing that we share in those networks was, of course, the health strategy, especially related to the contact tracing process and the way you could combine technology and human power to make possible a contact tracing that was going to slow down with the curve. We have very important lessons from Berlin, from London, and they were very important for our other strategy in Buenos Aires. And then we deepened that collaboration in the Latin America network. Of course, we share a language and we share cultural origins. And it was very important in the context of C40, the leadership of Buenos Aires and Bogota, the two of them, and sharing with other cities of Latin America, the main lessons of COVID. That's great to hear. And, and very interesting that it sounds like Bogota has been a perhaps a very close collaborator with Buenos Aires, which is great to hear. I want to move slightly into the area of data for a moment. So I believe that Buenos Aires has a COVID data dashboard. I'm wondering how that's working for you, how the city government is utilizing the data from there and maybe perhaps your residents, the people who live in Buenos Aires, may even be using it. Could you just give us a few tidbits about how that's working? Yes, of course. For us, from the very beginning of the process, we knew that an essential element of the strategy was going to be the trust of society in the policies proposed by the government. And one key element to support that trust was evidence, was the capacity of the government of sharing relevant evidence with society so society can have the same information that the government has in order to make decisions. Along the process, many cities in the world have the challenge of maintaining trust and securing that the government policies were going to be obeyed by the people. So in order to do that and to, in a way, enrich the public debate, we thought that it was very important to create this dashboard with essential information for the media, for the people, organizing the dashboard with the possibility of accessing the information in the different communities of the city, making all that information open source so other institutions and people could do whatever they want with that information. And the dashboard also serves as parameters for certain decisions related to the switch on of the city, the plan for opening back the city, for recovering some activities. When we have to establish parameters, indicators, reasons for why some activities could go back and some other 
not, we use the dashboard as a way of sustaining with evidence those policy decisions. We wanted the people to understand, even if it was complex, why the decisions were like they were and what evidence was the base for them. Of course, the sentiments of the people have been evolving from the beginning of the process until now. I would say that probably the most important idea is 2020 is a, a lost year in terms of the normality of our life. We don't want 2021 to be the same. We want the government to project a new normality that we all know is not going to be the same as we have before, but it has to be better than the type of life and adjustment that we have been in this year. So people, in a way, want the government to be able to tell them how the life are going to look like and what is it possible to change that is going to improve the life. And, and a very good case for that is the education of children. We all know that 2020, in terms of going physically to school, was a very big challenge. We are right now just starting in Buenos Aires to initiate the gradual come back to school of a certain group. But we have to be prepared for the beginning of the next uh, school year in March with a system that is going to give families certainty. You know that a society is pretty much organized around school because children go to school, families go to work, especially mothers that sometimes have to take much more time than others for, the, for taking care of the household, not because they want, but because society is uh, just in that way. So we need to give people in general, families in particular, women in particular, certainty in terms of how the future is going to look like. That, that's the main idea going around. Well, that's a very powerful point, I think, that people are just wanting to know with some certainty what's coming ahead in 2021. And a lot of people are sort of writing off 2020. 2020 was the lost year, as you said. Can you say anything about the economic and social impacts that you're seeing in Buenos Aires and how people are handling those. It's a big topic in many cities, particularly the economic and fiscal crises that have resulted from COVID. And I'm wondering how that is going in Buenos Aires. I'll give you a very intuitive example. At the end of 2019, Buenos Aires was reaching historical records of international tourism, was becoming a kind of a cool attribute type of city. Three million international tourists coming to Buenos Aires, first city in Ibero-America in terms of international student selection, was booming. Okay, all that went to zero. You can imagine the economic impact that that had on the city. Just in the tourist uh, uh, sector, we have 64% of decrease in the revenue coming from the activity. You have a huge hotel infrastructure in the city making zero money. You have all the complex for, for food and drink in the city, a very important part of the attributes of the city working in half their possibilities. And that also had an impact on the public resources. The revenues of the government went down to more than one third of the revenue the year before. So we are adjusting the, the government plan, we are adjusting priorities. It's a whole different world and we need to live with that. But on a positive note, to incorporate something 
more optimistic. We are also seeing some changes that in the future are going to be positive for the city. For example, in Buenos Aires and in other cities in the world, cities are becoming more human scale oriented. The cities are regaining public space for the people because people are choosing the public space to do activities and also because they have to deal with social distancing. So we are taking back space from the cars and some other infrastructure and giving it back to the people. That's the so-called 15 minutes type of city that you are seeing, especially in Europe. And Buenos Aires is also trying to advance that agenda. And then if you want, on, on a positive note, you have a lesson from history. This is not the first time in history that cities have been impacted by a black swan. If you really want to go back, you can think about the yellow fever outbreaks in the 18th century that gave uh, New York City, London, even in Buenos Aires, but later all the, the infrastructure for sewage, for processing in a much more healthy, sanitary way, ways. Or you can also think about September 11 in New York City, and cities came back. So besides all the challenges that we are facing in Buenos Aires and in other global cities of the world, we are optimistic that even before the vaccine comes, people will learn how to live and how to cope in a way that we are going to recover the vitality and the vibrancy that make our cities livable. Secretary General, you make a very good case for making lemonade out of lemons and seizing the moment and trying to do things that will be, you know, better for our cities as we move forward and try to get ourselves to a better place in 2021. My last question to you, I think, is a personal one. Can you just tell us for a moment, what is it that keeps you hopeful and keeps you going in these really difficult times? Well, Kelly, I have to confess that the response of our society, people in the city of Buenos Aires have exceeded my expectations in terms of the resilience, the capacity to learn new habits, the patience to wait for a better moment in their lives, the level of collaboration and understanding of, of government policy. My hope is that that type of partnership that we were able to build between the government and society can translate in Buenos Aires and Argentina in general in a new agenda for new collective causes like climate change, for example, or gender equality. I've seen a level of maturity and cooperation in society. Of course, I was hoping for to, to get, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be possible because of the level of crisis that we were all facing. And, and I have to confess that after six or seven months, I can definitely say that the society in the case of the city of Buenos Aires is, is definitely part of the solution to this and other problems. Well, thank you so much for joining us today from Buenos Aires and giving us a little bit of a look into what you're facing and how you're handling this very challenging moment. Thank you, Kelly. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Follow the Data. Many thanks to Secretary General Fernando Strafase and Dr. Kelly Henning for joining us. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to Follow the Data. This episode was created by Devin Alessio, Ivy Lee, Gene Weinberg, Amy June, Bibi Nunez, and Elliot Popko. As our founder, Mike Bloomberg, says, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So until next time, keep following the data. I'm Catherine Oliver. Thanks for listening.